Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello and happy Valentine's Day to all of you lovers out there, whether you're in a relationship or not. This is the day of love. It's pretty universal. Some people are hating today. Some people are loving it. Um, But I say that whether you're single or in a romantic relationship, this is a day to give love and to receive love. And I am excited to introduce you today to John Vespasian. He is an author, and he's going to be speaking about what ancient history can teach us about relationships. And so as a dating coach, I obviously, that this is what I do, I talk about relationships, I help you date um, with dignity and self-respect and honor and have the lasting healthy relationship that you want. So this is a little bit of a different show today, um, but whether it's ancient history or modern day times, it's really important to really listen to the dating advice that is authentic and real, and that's what I'm all about here at Last First Date Radio. So if you are listening to dating advice that tells you you need to be thinner, smarter, or wittier to find your right fit partner, stop listening to those people because you really need to be more you. You need to be more authentically you and not change into something that you're not. And I love helping thousands of women own their value and become more vulnerable and create deeper and more meaningful connections with amazing men, men who love them for who they are, not what they're not. Every week I bring you a tip on how to be a woman of value, and today's tip is love your body. And I know there are some men who listen to this show, so please don't think that this is just for women. We all need to love our bodies more, love our body as it is, appreciate the body that you have. Um, I can't tell you how many how many people are unhappy with the body that they have. There's so much body shame. And I do a lot of work around helping people love their bodies more. Um, so one little tip, something you can do is to look in the mirror every day and You can look without any clothes on and just look at your beautiful naked body and and find the parts of you that you love the most already and give them some love and then find the parts that you're not as happy with and give a little extra love to those parts. You might want to buy one of those rub-on tattoos and um, put them on your body because that can also help. So if you want to become a woman of value who attracts her best partner, please go to my website, lastfirstdate.com, and sign up for my free guide, which will help you know the top 10 reasons why men disappear and how you can finally attract and keep the love you deserve. Also, please join my private Facebook group if you're not there already. It's called Your Last First Date. It's for single women over 40. The conversation is positive, supportive, and fabulous. And now for our guest today, his name is John Vespasian. He is the author of eight books about rational living, including When Everything Fails, Try This, Rationality is the Way to Happiness, The Philosophy of Builders, How to Create a Great Future with the Pieces from Your Past, 
the 10 principles of rational living, and, and many more. And today we are going to be hearing episode 244, What Ancient History Can Teach Us About Relationships. Fabulous topic. Thanks for being here, John. Hi, Sandy. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. So if you can, uh, as you can tell, John has an accent. He's from Europe, and um, he lives in the Netherlands right now, so he's calling in from far away. Um, so let's talk about this. I've, we've never had a guest on who talked about what ancient history could teach us about relationships. So, so can you give us some examples about what ancient history can teach us? Well, ancient history can teach us uh, all things about everything, because... Um, I mean, human personality and human nature has not changed uh, fundamentally. We have um, uh, smartphones, uh, we have television, we have YouTube, and we have many gadgets of many, in many different areas. But uh, what people um, uh, do in relationships and how they find each other has not changed at all. And in one of my mm-hmm. books, I really addressed um, uh, the ancient uh, book which was for ancient uh, Rome, from uh, Ovid, uh, who wrote the first uh, book about the relationships, uh, The Art of Love. And he really analyzed in great detail um, the question of dating and the process of dating and how to find um, uh, a romantic partner. And this, we are talking now uh, 20 centuries ago. And Ovid um, uh, was giving advice to his friends. Um, He was a very sophisticated uh, Roman writer. And he wrote poetry, he was a lawyer, and he, um, he really observed uh, the life in ancient Rome in great detail, uh, how, um, how people have relationships, how they met, uh, how they developed. Uh, he wrote uh, this manual, this, uh, this book, Art of Love, which is still very nice to read after uh, 20 centuries. And he came to this conclusion that uh, most people uh, fail to connect, to have a good relationship, uh, because they give up too, too, too easily. Uh, he observed many times that uh, people got depressed, uh, they got anxious, sometimes they, they went uh, through periods of uh, extreme anxiety uh, because they could not connect or they, they got a divorce or they got uh, estranged from their spouse. Uh, he gave them a very, very rational advice. And this is uh, something that I really underline in my books because I try to propose uh, patterns of behavior that uh, are relatively easy to implement. And what Ovid uh, told his readers uh, 20 centuries ago was that uh, love and success, romantic success, is pretty much a matter of numbers. And uh, he told them, look, uh, if you fail in one relationship or you fail in 20 relationships, uh, you should not give up because um, the supply and demand is really wide. It's just that uh, we get focused on our um, uh, narrow environment. We We get focused on our personal characteristics, and sometimes we don't look beyond the immediate. And what um, uh, Ovid uh, told his friends and his readers is that, look, you have to go where there are more opportunities, you have to go and to meet new people, Uh, you have to continue to try and to establish uh, acquaintances until you find someone where you can connect to. And if you try, you increase exponentially your uh, your possibilities, and you should not just get depressed and get uh, stressed and anxious just because you fail in the short term. I love that. This is such important advice, um, and I see so many people giving up and thinking in terms of scarcity. You know, there's not enough. And if you look at statistics, there are so many singles 
in the world. And now with online dating, we have access to people we never had access to. So he's a smart man. How do you spell his first his name? Ovid. Huh? Ovid. Um, the Latin name was yeah. The Latin name was Ovidius. Um, the, his book uh, he wrote actually two books: uh, Art of Love. And the other book was the the cure for love, which was about uh, romantic disappointments. But the main principle is that uh, you have to find a way to concentrate your efforts uh, where you can actually be succeed. Uh, and obviously, if you live in the countryside in the middle of nowhere, uh, it's very difficult to find a romantic partner because there are simply not enough people. It's like trying to find a job in an area where there are no factories. I mean, it's really really difficult. So if if uh, you follow the advice of Ovid. Uh, in the 21st century, uh, you will do very well because uh, in the end, um, you might fail in the short term, but in the long term, uh, success is almost guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's very interesting. I, I also really believe that we are hardwired um, for attraction for from the beginning of time, I, even though, you know, like you say, so many things have changed in terms of technology and in terms of how we connect, we still basically are attracted in the same ways. Is there anything yes. in ancient history that talks about attraction like that? Um, yes, uh, many things that uh, there are many stories about uh, attraction and, and love in uh, ancient Greece and ancient Rome. But um, one of the principles I want to transmit uh, to your audience is that uh, one thing that we absolutely learn from ancient Greece in uh, all in relationships and, and um, uh, also in the professional area, in any human interaction, is that uh, you should not try to change people. And there are uh-huh. very uh, very compelling stories uh, about ancient Greece. There's a story about uh, Cassandra, who was the, the mistress of, uh, of Apollo. And at a certain point, uh, Cassandra behaved uh, badly, and Apollo um, threw a, a cast on, on, on so sorry, cast a curse on her. And she was um, um, she was condemned by Apollo to tell the truth. Uh, nobody nobody would believe her. So Cassandra would always tell the truth to everybody, and nobody would believe her. And this uh, in ancient Greece, uh, this um, uh, myth of Cassandra uh, comes all the time when people try to change other people and say, "Look, uh, I am with Cassandra. I'm telling you the truth, but you're not going to change. You have to listen to me. You have to listen to me." And in relationships, uh, people make this mistake all the time. They tell the truth. Um, sometimes they believe that uh, the person who um, they love is going to change. And history shows in many, many examples that uh, it's almost impossible. Human personality is very stable. Uh, we tend to have our taste and we have to, to have our distaste. And if you fall in love or you want to establish a relationship with someone who, is, who has very, very uh, different uh, characteristics and very different tastes from yours, most of the time is going to be a waste of time to try to change that person, even if you try to correct uh, his bad habits or her bad habits. And what Cassandra and the many uh, characters in ancient Greece like Cassandra show is that the, the Greeks already knew that uh, even if you tell the truth, even if you're absolutely right, it's very, very difficult uh, to convince other people to change. And you should always keep in mind uh, this uh, when you have um, a romantic interest in order not to fool yourself, which is a, a cause of misery, uh, continuous misery uh, for years and years, if you just um, continue to do it. Yep. I think that's 
it's much more common, it seems, with women trying to change men. There's an old saying that when people get married, women women get married and hope their husbands will change, and men get married and hope their wives will never change, something like that. Um, I think that, you know, often people who are younger and more immature go in thinking that their partner will change. And, you know, what I one thing I've learned as, after my divorce and doing this work is that what you see is what you get. People can change behaviors if they really want to, but they're not going to change the essence of who they are. Yeah, this is something so extraordinary that uh, when it happens, actually it comes in the newspapers. When you hear someone who all his life has been a crook, uh, and then he becomes a very honest and um, um, benevolent person. I mean, this can happen, and we have seen some examples in history, but it's very, very unlikely. Um, another example I want to mention from, uh, from ancient Greece about uh, relationships is the models of relationships. And in ancient Greece, uh, even you see, uh, um, for instance, in the, in the 8th century before Christ, when Homer was writing um, the Iliad and the Odyssey, which were books, basically the stories about uh, the, Greeks, um, uh, the Greek war against Troy, you have this uh, figure of this character of, of Penelope, uh, who was the, the wife of Odysseus, and you have the model of uh, successful relationship that um, the ancient Greeks always aspire to. And you have this, uh, this loyal woman uh, who is waiting for his husband who has been um, going to war uh, 10 years ago and then he tries to go back and she's waiting and she's trying to remain uh, loyal to him. And this is uh, something that uh, the ancient Greeks uh, really took to heart very, very strongly. I mean, they wanted uh, their relationships to be uh, modeled um, after the relationship between uh, Odysseus and Penelope, and you see that um, the whole story of um, uh, the whole stories of uh, ancient Greek mythology uh, they come in contrast to the ideal of uh, Odysseus and Penelope. You have all these uh, short-term relationships uh, between Greek personalities and, and their mistresses, and they all end uh, more or less in disaster. And they always come to the to the model of uh, Odysseus and uh, Penelope, because everybody wants to have this long-term relationship that can endure uh, all kind of problems. And in the case of um, Penelope, I mean, basically she was waiting back for her uh, husband to return for 13 years, and she has to real she has to deal with all kind of problems. But in the end, he came back, and they became very happy. And this is an, an example, a model that uh, you have to keep in mind, because if you don't have a clear model of what you want, then uh, you are very, very apt, uh, very, very prone to be distracted. So you're saying that um, based on the, the model of Odysseus and Penelope, that um, that you should have an idea of what you want in the, in the end in order yes, to be happy? Yes, you should have an idea. Yeah, you should ask yourself uh, the question that what's going to happen if I really need help? What's going to happen if, uh, if I have to go away for, uh, for a few months because uh, I need to get a job and, and then I have to be separated? Are you, are you really um, dating the kind of person who is going to remain loyal to you uh, in difficult times? Uh, this is a, a very, um, I would say, annoying question, especially when you are dating at the beginning, but you have to ask uh, yourself the question because... Um, if you get in a long-term relationship and you're going to have children and you're going to have uh, investments, you're going to buy a house, eventually uh, you can make yourself uh, very vulnerable. And if you know from the start 
that you are dating the kind of person who is uh, basically a flake and is going, not going to, uh, to withstand any problem and is very nice during the summer, but uh, there is always a winter, um, you have to keep in mind the, uh, the model of relationship you want to have because otherwise uh, you will get distracted by completely unimportant characteristics and you might be blinded by uh, beauty or by um, uh, someone who has uh, some, I don't know, some skill that you, you value very much, but you have to go to the essentials. And questions like uh, honesty and loyalty, they are fundamental because without those, uh, even 25, 25 centuries ago, people were 100% um, uh, certain that it was impossible to have uh, a good long-term relationship. Mm. People died a lot younger then, too. So a long-term relationship didn't last as long as it does today. Yes, and um, another example we have from, um, from ancient Greece about relationship is the story of Medea. Um, they have made uh, many different uh, versions in Hollywood about Medea, but basically it's a, it's a question of um, revenge and uh, high emotionality. Because Medea... In the end, uh, when her um, uh, husband gets involved with a woman, in the end she becomes completely out of control. She doesn't realize uh, uh, her options. And in the end, he, he becomes a murderer and he kills her children and then he tries to kill uh, the other woman. And what this play, uh, because it's, a, it's, a ancient, it's an ancient um, uh, theater play from, uh, from Euripides, who was a playwright uh, on the 5th uh, century before Christ, what this play uh, tries to convey is that you should try to stay away from people who are very much um, emotionally unstable because this is very difficult to correct. It's very difficult to cure. If you have someone who becomes uh, extremely depressed today and tomorrow very happy and then becomes uh, the next day becomes very aggressive, uh, you should watch out uh, because uh, in 25 centuries ago, the Greeks already knew that this is very dangerous that uh, you can have a short-term relationship maybe uh, for a few weeks, but in the long term it's very dangerous because uh, people who are emotionally unstable, or I would say to the extreme uh, uh, mentally unstable, it is very difficult to deal with them, and it's almost impossible to have uh, a good relationship. Mm-hmm. These are good lessons. So we're learning that um, it's difficult to convince somebody to change, and honesty and loyalty are fundamental through thick and thin, and stay away from emotionally unstable people. Those are some very fundamental lessons that I think will help you have a very healthy relationship. Um, What about resilience? What role does resilience play in successful relationships in history? Uh, yeah, resilience is, uh, is absolutely critical because uh, even if you are uh, very successful and, and wealthy and handsome, eventually you will get into problems because that's, that's life. Uh, eventually you will have uh, to go through, uh, through bad times. And it's very important that you adopt a philosophy of life, not only in, in the area of relationship, but a philosophy uh, that uh, is going to enable you to withstand uh, adversity. Uh, you will find uh, in relationships uh, good times and bad times. Uh, you will find it also financially, and you will find it also in your health. And the ancient Greeks uh, were very wise in this respect because they developed a philosophy uh, to promote uh, a, a balanced personality and to promote um, emotional balance. 
And uh, what they did, and basically based on the philosophy of Zeno, who was a philosopher on the fourth century, in the fourth century before Christ, Zeno developed a very sophisticated uh, philosophy for reducing stress and for increasing resilience. And what Zeno recommended is that um, uh, in order to be able to, uh, to remain calm in the face of adversity, uh, what you have to do is to have um, uh, a clear idea of what you want to do, what you want to get, whether it's to, to find a romantic partner, uh, to recover your health, uh, to establish yourself in business. You have a clear idea of what you want to do in the long term, but you have to have patience uh, with your mistakes, uh, with other people's mistakes. But the important aspect of uh, what Sino recommended is that you have to start uh, every day taking steps uh, toward your world, to, toward your goals. If you want to establish a romantic relationship or you want to, um, to have uh, a better life, you have to make a plan, a long-term plan, to, to understand that it's going to take, sometimes it's going to take uh, months, sometimes it's going to take years uh, to recover your health or to, to find uh, the person you want. But if you do every day a little bit, and you go on your way and say, okay, every day I'm going to meet uh, two, new two new people, and I'm going to go out, and I'm going to do these activities, and I'm going to try to reach my goal, this has a huge uh, psychological advantage because it creates uh, peace of mind, uh, it creates uh, self-confidence, and it puts you uh, in a huge advantage when you're dating because you are not anxious about uh, the result because you know that little by little you are going to get uh, to your goal. So what the ancient Greeks already knew is that if you want to have um, a peace of mind and to increase your resilience, what you have to do is to establish a long-term plan to implement it uh, little by little without anxiety, without uh, stress, uh, without depression, just to go step by step, and eventually you will reach the goal. Mm-hmm. Pretty smart. <laughs> um, I agree totally, and this is some of what I teach in my dating coaching. Um, so that's great. Um, so let's talk about the difference between short-term and long-term relationships in history. Yes, um, this is something that um, um, people do not uh, really do not find uh, nice to talk about because everybody um, uh, wants to have, in principle, a perfect relationship for the long term. But history shows that uh, sometimes the, the, the environment and the possibilities are not there. And the ancient Greeks, uh, in this respect, um, they, they actually established clear differences uh, between the models of relationships. And sometimes they recognize that uh, if you are going to live in an area uh, only for a few years, and uh, you don't have uh, the, the purpose of establishing yourself, uh, in those respects, it's, uh, it's, a bit, um, it's a bit of a swindle uh, when you go to someone and say, oh, yes, I want to have a long-term relationship and uh, uh, I'm going to stay here. And you know perfectly well that this is not going to be the case. So one thing that uh, you have to realize is that if you really want a long-term relationship, uh, you have to avoid uh, getting into situations where this is impossible. And this is impossible sometimes because uh, people don't have the... Uh, the people you are dating don't have the, the long-term perspective uh, to, um, to start a family or they don't want to have a long-term career or they are very unstable. And you find in the, in the, in the writings of Plato, I mean, we're talking now 25 centuries ago, a warning against uh, this um, conflict of vision because 
if you want to do something which is complex and long-term, like having, for instance, a successful family, you have to avoid systematically any distractions that are going to take you in the other direction. And in the romantic um, arena, it is very important uh, to avoid um, the kind of people and the kind of situations that might be very pleasurable in the, in the short term, but basically it's going to be a waste of time if what you are looking is a long-term relationship. And this is very, very hard to do because if you are put in a situation where you, you can really enjoy yourself and say, okay, I'm going to uh, fool around for a few weeks and a few months, you're wasting your time. And the ancient Greeks already knew this 25 centuries ago, still very difficult to accept uh, because we all uh, tend to fall easily in these traps uh, because they are so pleasurable, but um, we don't have uh, time to waste because uh, life is very short. Huh? Yeah, and I think a lot of people are short-sighted. They see they're very impulsive. Um, they like what they see. They don't think long-term. Um, or like you said before, they get distracted by beauty or money or something that makes them want to be with the person, and they don't think about all the important things. So it's, you know, when you date with, um, you know, with with forethought, and you really think through what do you want, what do you need, you're going to make less of these mistakes. But it's interesting that the ancient Greeks um, established that as well. So this is all new to me. I, I'm, you know, I'm learning a lot today. So thank you, John. Um, so let's talk more generally about self confidence and and examples of how ancient history or philosophy can help you with self-confidence? Well, self-confidence is, um, is a huge subject, and I would like to tell you a story uh, from my book. It's a very romantic story, which is one of my favorites. And um, it's about um, a Belgian painter. Uh, probably you never heard his name. His name was Delvaux. And he had um, a fascinating life and a very uh, interesting and romantic story because uh, Delvaux, um, he, um, he was born in a, in a, I would say, wealthy family in Belgium. And his father wanted absolutely that uh, Delvaux became a lawyer. So he sent him to university and Delvaux in the end started, but he didn't want to become a lawyer. Then he tried to be an architect. He didn't work. And eventually he decided to be a painter. And now comes the fascinating part of the story because he went to this um, Academy of Arts in, uh, in Brussels, in Belgium. And there he met a woman. He met a woman... Uh, he, her name was uh, Tam, and they, they fell in love. And then um, his parents, who were actually paying for uh, Delvaux's studies, they told him, look, you cannot really marry this woman because uh, she's poor, uh, she will ruin your life, and uh, you have to find someone better. So Delvaux, who uh, didn't have any money and didn't have uh, any success as a painter, uh, he listened to his parents, and then he, uh, he, he broke the relationship. So a couple of years later, he married um, a wealthy woman. And he was very unsuccessful and very unhappy. Uh, for almost um, 15 years, he was with this woman. They traveled. They didn't have children. But uh, he was extremely unhappy. And eventually, he found his uh, style as a painter. Uh, he went to uh, Italy. He discovered the Impressionists. He came back to, um, to uh, Belgium. And he became extremely successful as a painter. But still, he wasn't happy with his relationship. And then comes the story, because in the end, he was so fed up that he, uh, he used to go to the beach and rented a house there for painting. And once, uh, when he was with his wife, uh, he went to, find, to buy cigarettes. So he went to buy cigarettes, and there in the, in the tobacco shop, he met again uh, this woman that he had uh, met uh, 20 years ago. 
And within five minutes, they fell in love again, and then he divorced, and he married her this uh, time, and they became very, very, very happy, and uh, they lived together for another 30 years. In the end, Delvo died uh, very, very old. He was uh, 97, and he was still um, a great uh, artist. And the story is fascinating because it shows you that uh, when you really find what you want to do, uh, when you really find the kind of person that, uh, that is really a good fit for you, you should go for it. And you should not uh, listen to anybody. You should not uh, think about money. You should not think about uh, difficulties because it's a key decision in life. And I always find fascinating the story of Delvaux. I like his, his paintings very much. And you can see a few of Delvaux paintings in, uh, in New York, in the Metropolitan Museum. Uh, he became a very, very wealthy uh, painter in the end. But uh, he made the right choice. And he, when he met uh, this woman after 20 years, uh, he made the right choice to divorce his wife and to, uh, to find happiness. And he um, regretted very much that uh, he didn't marry her um, when he was in his 20s but uh, he didn't miss the opportunity. So it's very important to listen to your heart and to listen to what you actually want so that you can recognize it when you see it. Good, good advice and a good thing to end on on this Valentine's Day, John. So um, thank you so much for all this wonderful knowledge about ancient history and the lessons we can learn. Um, let everybody know how they can find your books. I'm very easy to find. If you just uh, type my name in Google, uh, John Vespasian, you will find the books, you will find my blog with uh, hundreds of uh, free articles, you will find my free newsletter. So just type uh, John Vespasian on Google, you will find it uh, immediately. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you, everybody, for listening, and happy Valentine's Day, and I hope you all go on your last first date very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs> 